Good morning. Welcome to worship. Our gospel today is from the 21st chapter of Luke, beginning at verse 5. Glory to you, O Lord. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus says, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another, every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming that I am he. The time is near, do not follow them. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. And then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All will hate you because of me, but not a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to uh, pray with me the Holy Spirit prayer as we gather for our time of meditation today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. For those of you who are new to us today, I always want to caution you, don't, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, you need to come back a few times to discover a little bit more about us and who we are and how we worship. Um, we also have a 10 o'clock praise service uh, if this traditional service is not something that is desirable for you. But again, um, you know, today may not be one of my best days, so don't, uh, don't uh, judge a book by its cover, okay? <clears throat> it's well known that this marvelous, magnificent, golden structure of the temple that the disciples were gazing upon and speaking of, it did in fact crumble at its destruction in 70 A.D. I've heard, I've read that this temple was so magnificent that King Herod had um, adorned it with gold that was so plentiful and so bright that on a, on a, on a day when the sun was in full full arraignment, uh, it was almost like a blinding light to look upon the temple because it was so, so blinding. 
But this temple in all of its glory and all of its majesty and all of its splendor came down, every brick came down to the ground in 70 A.D. And since that time, history has repeated itself time and time again. Kingdoms have risen and fallen. The world has survived two world wars. Earthquakes have devastated cities and the lives of the people who have experienced them. Famines have come and gone. And in most recent years, yes, what we ourselves have lived through, a worldwide pandemic that has affected millions upon millions of people. I just heard this week that the, the death toll in the United States now is at one million. If you and I know anything for sure about this beautiful creation and the people who were given the privilege and the gift to live in it, we know that most everything, if not everything, that we have built or created with our God-given gifts and talents, everything, everything is temporal. Everything is temporary. In many respects, we have lived our lives with illusion. The illusion of permanence and safety. The illusion of wealth and security. And I appreciate what Barbara Brown, she's a pastor and a former bishop, and she's written many books. And one of the books that she's written is a sermon collection book called God in Pain, where she argues that disillusionment is essential to the Christian life. Did you hear that? Disillusionment is essential to the Christian life. She says that disillusion is literally the loss of an illusion about ourselves, about the world, and about God. And while it is almost always a painful thing to have our illusions shattered, it is never a bad thing to lose the lies that we have mistaken for truth. Wow, does that one ever hit home? It is never a bad thing to lose the lies that we have mistaken for truth. Jesus and his disciples were all looking at the same significant, beautiful, magnificent structure. And yet Jesus was seeing something completely different from what the disciples were seeing. The disciples saw brick and mortar and gold. They saw institutionalized religion. They saw tradition. They saw what was perceived as stability and power. I love what Deb Thomas reveals about what Jesus saw. She says that Jesus sees fragility, not permanence. Jesus sees all that must break and buckle and end before a new life and a new hope will emerge. He sees the necessity of death before the promise of resurrection. Hmm. The message that we are hearing from Jesus today is that everything is temporal, and that which is temporal gives us a sense of false security and illusion. And what is not temporal, what is not temporal is God. I love this image and this call to live each day of our walk of faith with this image and this perspective of, on faith in the resurrection Lord of our lives, that God is not bound by mortar or stone. And I love the metaphorical image that David Lowe shared with us this last week in our live stream seminar that I had a chance to sit in on. 
He said that this very house of worship, this very house of worship that you and I gather in, this physical gathering space, he says, now don't take too much offense at this, he says it is simply the locker room. You and I today have entered into the locker room where we gather to be coached and taught and encouraged and called to get out on the field of life and start playing the game. This passage before us today is oftentimes considered to be called apocalyptic. Many of us read into this as an end-time passage. But I'd encourage you to do a word study on the word apocalypse, and you will discover that it means, it actually means an unveiling. It means a disclosure of something secret and hidden. To experience an apocalypse is to experience something with fresh sight. Deborah Thomas writes that apocalypse is to appreciate reality as we've never appreciated it before. I do have to say, I do have to say that delving into the word along with others helps me and you to get outside of our boxes, to get outside of our illusions and our judgments, and it helps us to see with fresh sight. There is not hardly a Tuesday morning that doesn't go by that I don't walk away with some kind of new and fresh insight from our men's fellowship gathering. There isn't hardly ever a Bible study that I don't sit in with Pastor Al where I don't come away with some kind of fresh insight or some kind of fresh way of looking at something. You and I are here in this locker room today And we are reminded once again that Jesus cannot be bound by the cross, that he cannot be bound by the tomb. The Lord and Savior that we walk with each and every day of our lives is the incarnate Son of God who overcame death and the grave and rose from the dead who said, I cannot and I will not be bound. This is the apocalypse, the experience of fresh sight each day that gives us the ability to look for and to see the signs of all the ways and the places where God is working and transforming lives in the world. And those stories are literally everywhere. All we have to do is just take the time and have the apocalyptic eyes to see it fresh and new. Pastor Al reminded us this past Tuesday that God and Jesus and the working of the Holy Spirit are bigger than just the church. If you have the perspective that God only works within the context and the confines of this church, then you are sadly mistaken because God and Jesus and the working of the Holy Spirit is bigger than just the church. Even those whom we perceive in our boundedness, I am as guilty of this as perhaps all of you are, Even those who we perceive in our boundedness as outside of the church. I believe Pastor Al referred to it as when we do that, we're being Pharisees. That we look upon people who are at the outside of the church and it's because of Christ's unboundedness that even some of them are doing a God thing. That was a new perspective for me this week. That was an apocalyptic moment 
a way of seeing fresh and new, a new sight. That even those who aren't even a part of a church, because of Christ's unboundedness, even some of them are doing a God thing. But it's if only we take the time to see with unveiled eyes that we are able to see it. I want to share with you one brief story about an apocalypse, an experience of fresh sight that was shared by one of our very own who meets with us on Tuesday mornings. He's currently undergoing radiation and chemo treatments. And he shared with us an experience that he had recently when he went in to receive one of his treatments. It's always one of the standard operating procedures of the staff at the oncology center is they as you come in, they say, how are you doing? And he responded, he said, I am thankful, I am grateful, and I am blessed because I have a God who is carrying me through this. And I think it really kind of took the staff by surprise. And they said, thank you for sharing that message with us. We needed that. That was, apoc- that was an apocalyptic, fresh sight view for those staff people. To have a person who's undergoing chemo and radiation therapy to come in and to be able to say, I am thankful and grateful and blessed because I have a God who's carrying me through this. The question that was asked on Tuesday, where does Christ spend most of his time? Where does Christ spend his kairos time, his kingdom time? He spends it with the people He spends it unbounded and unleashed in the world. Let us leave this locker room of this sanctuary today as Deb Thomas challenges us, trusting that God's Spirit is alive and present in our acts of bearing witness to be faithful until the end because God is still always and everywhere a God of love. And as the writer of Second uh, Thessalonians says, by your endurance, you will, actually it was the gospel today that said, by your endurance you will gain your souls. And from Thessalonians, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing what is right. And remember from Pat Matthew 25, verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So be faithful till the end because God is still always and everywhere a God of love. Amen. And now we pray together the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Tell what God has done. Thanks be to God.